Hello and welcome to The Sharpening Report. I am your host, Josh Peck. Glad to be with all of you again. If you are brand new to this channel, make sure you subscribe and share. Also, make sure you click that bell to get notifications. I don't know if it even makes a difference. I think, uh, you know, YouTube just picks and chooses who they want to send notifications to. But uh, just know that every Friday you're going to get a new episode of The Sharpening Report. And uh, in case you are totally brand new, head on over to Daily Renegade. You'll get the full interview plus a whole bunch of shows that we uh, that we offer there all about Christianity, a lot of stuff that you're not going to hear in church, but also a lot of stuff that's not just fringe, you know, conspiratorial things. There's actual good theology behind it. So family friendly, head on over to dailyrenegade.com for all of that. I am very excited to welcome my uh, my good friend for the very first time on the Sharpening Report. You may have seen him online, John Clash. John, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for making time to do this. It's uh, It's really good to talk to you in person. Definitely. I mean, thank you for asking me to be on here. You know, I've been uh, watching your stuff for a long time. I was like, wow, he wants me to be on the show. All right, cool. Let's do it. You know, <laughs> called my fiance like, oh my gosh, guess what happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, that means a lot. Uh, but honor, honor is all mine. And uh, so you're, you're really active. Uh, I, I find mainly on uh, Instagram, which I know basically nothing about. I think my Instagram, I might have like a thousand people on there or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I usually use it for like baby pictures and stuff. But you, you've been able to really dominate that. And, and you got quite a following on there, which is great to see. Uh, the more us Christians can get out there and, and uh, you know, dominate these social media companies, the, the better. Um, you, you have an amazing testimony that I want to just break right into. Um, and I think this is a good introduction. This is this is also great because as tradition is on the show, everybody's first time on the show must give their testimony. And that's what a large part of the show is going to be for you. So it all just works out beautifully. Uh, for those who may, might not be familiar with you or your background, um, how did you get, What what who were you before you met Christ? How did you get to know Christ? How does that uh, lead to what you do today? Because it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty phenomenal story. All right. So, um, who, when you say who was I before I met Christ, I, like I catch flashbacks. I was just on the phone with um, one of my friends from, I'm from Yonkers, New York, and I was just talking to him about our past, you know, and he was from a neighborhood that rivaled my, my neighborhood. And like, I didn't care. But at the time that we were, you know, living there, it was like, we couldn't be friends at that time. And uh, it was, it was, interesting to catch up with him because as I was talking to him, I was, I was reliving a bunch of the things that you know, we went through and I, I compare that. He's a believer as well. Uh, and I compare that to who I am now in Christ. And I'm like, I can't even recognize the person that I used to be. There's people who meet me now. And when they hear about how I used to be, they're like, nah, no way, no way. You know, but, um, long story short, I, uh, I, Lived in upstate New York until I was about 12. My parents got divorced. Um, had a had a pretty decent childhood. Didn't grow up uh, you know, in a believing household. We were cultural Catholics, I like to call it. Um, I think the only reason that we went to church was because my grandmother wanted us to go to church and my father made us go to church. And then once, uh, once confirmation was done, that was it. No more church, right? And uh, I... I still had no idea what it was. Like I went through CCD and all that stuff. I had, I didn't know what, I was like, okay, Jesus, you know, I had no idea about anything. Um, so then the household became just pretty secular. I wouldn't say that it, it was uh, like 
not like anti-God or anything like that. It just wasn't a conversation that we had. And since it went a long time of just not having any conversations, I started getting in my own head and thinking about like, ah, God probably doesn't exist. Or if he does, he sucks. Like it, it just was a, you know, that's where I was. And then through the, my, my parents' marriage falling apart and then the divorce and uh, some things that happened to me when, when I was a kid, I like built up this rage in me. And when I moved to Yonkers, it was like culture shock. You know, I got thrown into to public school and uh, it was just insane, like absolutely insane in comparison to, you know, the suburban schools. And it, it was just, it was an environment where I was like, I guess I just got to be uh, the baddest dude out here. You know, I, I was tired of getting picked on, tired of, and I just went crazy. I got involved in gangs, got involved in, uh, you know, drugs and uh, sales and using. And it was just a crazy, crazy life. I was a rapper for a very long time. Still, every now and then, you might hear me rap a little bit. But if you listen to my old stuff, it's very negative, very violent, very angry. I spoke a lot about my life and um, it was just a, an angry place that I was at. And that reflected in, you know, it was a reflection of who I was. And I walked around with a chip on my shoulder uh, all day. If I heard somebody said something bad about me, I was going to find you. And, you know, literally just in Yonkers, we care about our reputation. That, that's what we care about. That's, what, that's our God in in Yonkers, a reputation and they don't care if you get locked up forever they don't care they do not care as long as you hold it down and so that was who i was i was constantly you know getting in fights i was drinking a lot i was using drugs i was uh you know doing everything that you could imagine in that and then i was moving a lot uh, pretty quickly in my music career and it was like I was talking to my friend, as I was saying, he was a rapper too. And I was becoming a monster because I now had the hip hop image that I had to maintain. And this isn't like how music is now where you can just, you know, go online, make a few records, SoundCloud, and you're good to go. No, I was in the streets, handing out my mixtapes, doing shows in some of the worst places. I got stabbed outside of a show once. Like it was, you know, it was intense stuff that, that we were involved in. And I, I noticed myself becoming a monster. And then the further I was like, all right, cool. Well, I could just, I could just, you know, keep this going for a little longer. I'll get this record deal done, make some money, and I'll be able to to relax. Like, because a lot of the problems come from not having money as well. That makes me mad, also. So I, uh, I was moving further into the, the music world. I was being managed by uh, at the time. Uh, he was the cousin of who Nicki Minaj was married to. So, like, I was in there. I had uh, meetings at, at G-Unit, which, you know, that was, like, crazy to me because I grew up listening to them. And uh, it, it just, it was like there was all this stuff that my friends were like, wow, yeah, you're going to make it. This is great. Ah. And then the further that I got in, the less I liked. And I'm like, man, I'm, I was doing this to get out of these situations and the more I move into it, the more I see that it's the same situations. It's just people have money now. So it like, it was turning me off. And at that time, I was also working a, a, a nine to five as well. And I had saved up enough money to move out of 
my old neighborhood, right? Um, there was like six shootings in a week one summer, right? Wow. So I was just like, I got to get out of here. One of my friends was killed and I'm just mm. like, all right, I got I to I got a good job. I'm doing like, let me just stop being cheap, you know, and, and save up my money and go move, right? So I moved uh, into, a, you know, there's a few things in between, but I moved out of that neighborhood into uh, a better neighborhood, not the best, but there was no shootings as far as I knew. And um, the around like the day after I got the apartment, I got laid off from my job. So I was like, like you, you ever know what like uh, people who are not believers in God, but they start praying? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, come on, God, there's got to be something like there's got to be something else out there. And um, then I got introduced to. Uh, to business. Uh, I had one, actually my music manager, crazy. I didn't even like him, but he changed my life, you know? So I like him now, but at the time I didn't like him, but he changed my life by introducing me to, to home-based business. And this is my first time ever even hearing about you can make money from home. And I was always, you know, we're, we're programmed to, you have to go to work eight hours a day, come home and drink a beer and watch TV. Like that's what we're programmed to do and get consumed by the news. That's what we're programmed to do in society. So like that was me, except I had music, which kept me active. You know, whenever I was laid off, I was doing more music. Whenever, whenever I was working, I was just not sleeping at all. Right. Then, um, so I got introduced to business and this is kind of what changed everything for me. Um, one, it enabled me to, cause I, I wanted to do the music so I could make money, travel the world. You know, I had all these worldly aspirations. And then when, um, when I saw the business opportunity, it, it fed those worldly aspirations. And not only that, but I was now paying rent. That was a uh, thousand a month. And I'm making $360 a week on unemployment. So I do the math. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. So I didn't even have furniture. I slept on a cot that I used for a music video and ate ramen noodles pretty much every single day. Like it, it, I can't even say the word ramen noodles without like, you know, I just can't think of My fiance loves them, but I'm like, get them away. You know, I don't even want to smell it. You know? So I get introduced to business and that got me around a different group of people. And your environment is so important to, to who you are. And, you know, I, I started noticing that being around these people as much as i love them was really holding me back because their mentality was affecting me and i felt i had to stay that way if i'm around them then i got around people who are doing business who have aspirations the people i was around before they were just waiting for me to get a record deal Mm -hmm. in business they got their own businesses they're not worried about you know me or, or or making money off me or or anything like that. So I got around them and it was inspiring to me to be around people who actually wanted more out of life, who were moving towards something that weren't satisfied with just, you know, with just what society tells you to be like entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. blew my mind. I didn't realize I was an entrepreneur my whole entire life until I got into entrepreneurship, (laughs) selling the CDs and handing them out and building the brand of me as a rapper. That's entrepreneurship. Right. I had no idea that I was doing that. Right. 
So I got in that environment and this is when I got introduced to not only better people, but uh, better thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I didn't know that you could change the way that you think and in turn change yourself, which changes your life. I, I had no idea that instead of constantly thinking negatively about a situation, I can look at the positive. Instead, my mind just always went to the negative. You know, our brains are, are, are engineered to keep us from walking off a cliff. Mm -hmm. So it always goes to the, to the negative. And um, the, uh, that environment, you know, getting into positivity and, and positive thinking, at the time, it was really good really good to, to wake me up out of all of the negative thinking. And then I got, um, I got introduced to people who believed in God. And these were people that I respected. So I was like, wait, if, if you know, they, these people are millionaires and they believe in God. And I'm like, wait, you could do that? Like you can actually have money and be a believer? I had no idea. I thought from what I remembered about uh, the cultural Catholicism is that I'm supposed to be poor right? for my entire life. Like that's what I thought. And that's why the nuns are poor. They live in poverty and chastity. And like, I thought that having money was like evil. You know, they say the, that money's the root of all evil, but it's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. That's right. And, and, and but I didn't know that because I didn't read the Bible at the time. <laughs> so I had nowhere to fact check anything. <laughs> So I get around people, and they're they're introducing me to to um, to uh, to like talking about Jesus, right? And at the time, I had just came out of some bad spiritual stuff. So backtrack a little bit. Mm -hmm. I got involved in Santeria, right? And Santeria. I, they, my Spanish friends always make fun of me for saying it wrong, but <laughs> I had no idea really what it was, even though I was agnostic slash atheist i still believed in ghosts mm -hmm. and i still believed that psychics could tell me my future mm -hmm. so i wanted to hear read my palm to, you know read my palm i wanted to hear you're going to get a record deal you're going to be a famous rapper you're going to that's what i wanted to hear so whenever i had an opportunity to go to a psychic i would go to a psychic like you know walking along atlantic city boulevard there's a little thing psychic Palm readings. I'm like, oh, let's go in there. Then they tell me I'm going to work with my hands for the rest of my life. I'm like, you're a liar. You're, you know. <laughs> but uh, so I believed in all that stuff. So I got invited to um, to my friend's house. He was like, look, just just come by. This lady will tell you your future. And I'm like, hmm, okay, let's go. <laughs> so I show up there, and everybody's. Drinking beer, smoking uh, cigars, and music playing, and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, it, it was it was stuff I was into. So, you know, I, I get in there, and then they start explaining to me what like, what's going to happen. And they said, if the saints want to come, they'll be there. And so, for those of you that are listening that don't know what Santeria is, it's it's uh, in a nutshell. There's a woman or a man who gets possessed by the saints, quote unquote, mm. right? And these are the Catholic saints, you know, St. John, St. Paul, St. All of these are St. Michael. Uh, they're all saints, right? And she gets possessed by the saints. Mm. And the saints help guide you in your life. They'll tell you about your future. They'll tell you about what's going on. They'll tell you about your past. They do all of this stuff. So, but everything's in Spanish. <laughs> uh 
So I'm in there and I watch this lady all of a sudden go into a trance and get possessed. And I have zero spiritual discernment at this time. Mm-hmm. None at all. So I'm like, wow, this is bugged out. All I'm thinking is this is bugged out. I'm not thinking, let me get out of here. I'm not th- none of that. Just like, this is crazy. So in the process, right, she pulls me over to talk to me. And she speaks to me in Spanish. I obviously have somebody uh, translating. And she tells me something about my past that I've never told a single soul. I mean, now I have, but like never told anybody about it, right? And that was like an aha moment for me of like, oh, wow, this is real. Like whatever she's saying, I got to believe her because there's no way she would know that. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really equating everything at the time, but I knew this. Whatever they tell me to do, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. So they said to me, if you do, you know, if you like your altar, I had an altar in my apartment. If you like the altar and you, you cook this food and leave it under the altar and make sure the candles are lit and all of this stuff. You know, you'll have good things happen to you. You know, we'll, we'll provide this for you. We'll provide that for you. And, and here, it's under the disguise of being saints. So me, I don't believe or not believe, but I'm like, well, they're saying they're saints. So let's go for it, right? Right. Now, look back, now looking back at it, I'm like, I'm like, how did I not know this wasn't from God? It's, you know, they've never told me to stop doing drugs, stop uh, sleeping around, and stop drinking. Like, why? How did I not... <laughs> Like, I didn't need to be a believer to know that that's what believers believe. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So I go on that that journey for a while, and I go on a date with a woman. And I'm wearing the beads and everything. They give me stuff for protection. I had to do some crazy rituals, too. Like, they they made me do some really bugged out stuff. Bugged out. And I was just like, all right, cool, whatever. It's so crazy. I look back and you're like, what were you thinking? Right? (laughs) What kind of rituals were they having you do? So, like, washing yourself and things. There was one where they wanted my semen. Wow. Um, Yeah. They uh, wanted, like, saliva. It was, like, a whole bunch of stuff. But uh, normally, it was just buy some food, cook it, put it on the altar. And then if if they wanted me to do my own party, I'd have to bring... All of this stuff at $400, like to, to provide everything for the party, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so, anyway, I'm, I'm on this date and I got the beads on, and she's a, is a Spanish woman, Latino, Latino woman. And she's like, What are those beads? And I, now I'm thinking I'm cool, <laughs> right? So I'm like, Oh, they're the Santeria beads, you know? Because I'm like the white boy, got the Spanish chick who's <laughs> asking me about the beads, and I know about it, right? So I'm thinking that I'm cool. And uh, she's like, really, tell me about it. So I start explaining it or whatever. And I'm like, well, now I'm really cool because she don't even know. I'm about to school her on her own culture. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, after she says it, after I'm done, she's like, yeah, um, those aren't saints. Those are demons. (laughs) And I was like. Didn't really think anything. I was like, is this girl crazy? Like, that's <laughs> my initial reaction was this girl is crazy. But she planted a seed. Mm-hmm. And in planting the seed, I start researching the origins of this, right? And I, I see that it's um, it was an African religion, African spirituality that was in the slave trade, was brought over uh, from the Africans in the slave trade to the, the Spanish colonies, right? And in order for them to keep practicing their religion, they 
he changed the Orishas, the, 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 um, the gods that they were prayed to, they changed them into saints just to disguise them. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So I was like, wait a minute. So these aren't the saints? You know, like the, now these things start going on in my head. And as I like wasn't really lighting my candles and stuff like that, I wasn't a believer yet, but I like, I was like, I'm just going to not really do anything. I get a phone call from one of the women involved. She's like, the saints are mad at you. Huh. And I was like, <laughs> they're mad at me. What did I do? And she's like, they know you're not lighting your candles. They know you're not doing this. I'm like, they're watching me, you know? Wow. And, yeah. And so, you know, I, I had to do the ceremony, did a whole big ceremony, started everything again. Right. So just real quick, some of the possessions that, that happened with, with, uh, the woman and like just to give you some perspective of how crazy it is uh she's drinking and smoking the whole entire time every single saint is has a different personality mm -hmm. right so one of them like walks with a cane uh another one like baby jesus they literally have one for baby jesus huh. and yeah and when they uh when she becomes baby jesus she's just giggly and laughy and you know all of this stuff and it's like it's entertaining. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I, I'm watching this stuff, I'm like, this is this is some of the most interesting stuff I've ever seen in my life, right? <laughs> and then there was one where she would break glass over her head and eat it. Huh? Yeah. Wow. And yeah, it. Um, I, I look back at it now, and I'm like, how could you be so blind? Mm -hmm. How could you be so blind? But then at the same time, I'm not the only one. Right, and there's and there's people who are caught up in this till now, yeah, right, for for a very long time. So I um I sort of kept doing it, but sort of didn't. I was kind of like, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I would light the candle just in case they were watching. You know, I, right. I would do I would do that. It wasn't really I wasn't having my faith in it anymore. I was just like lighting it, and then I went back. Since that was a bad experience, I went back to real agnostic. Stuff, mm -hmm. right? Like I was just like, whatever, you know, didn't really care. So then get introduced to the business. I get introduced to people who uh and I'm still doing the century stuff, not really in it in it, but I just had it, you know, the, the altar. But I wasn't participating in the ceremonies and stuff like that. I was just like I was just there, right? Mm -hmm. And then I, I get invited to go to church. And I'm thinking Stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. I'm not going to church, you know, uh, the, the Catholic, you know, stand up, sit down. And I don't mean to like make fun of Catholics. I, I don't like that's. I'm not trying to, to do that. Everything I say, I mean it in love, you know, and uh, it just, it's culturally different than most other churches. And I just had no idea. Yeah. So I went there and it was like a, it was like a rock concert. It was Hillsong, New York. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, I was like, <laughs> you know, this is nuts. So I enjoyed the environment. It felt like a motivational speech. Yeah. And that's like, that's the theme of a lot of churches nowadays. Now that I'm more discerned and, and more like I, I need the meat. Right. So I'm not really into those kind of churches anymore. But at the time, it was exactly God was using it. Yeah. He was 100% using it. And they had college classes as well uh, by Nathan Finocchio, and that dude is hilarious. So I'm like, I want to go to those classes. So I actually learned so much, but I still wasn't really believing, believing mm -hmm. because I heard all the stories of like Jesus is a recreation of Horus and, you know, uh, all of that. And, and so I was just really confused, but I appreciated Jesus's leadership. 
Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, I'm in home-based business. It's relationship marketing. I look at Jesus as like the best relationship marketer in the world. Because mm-hmm. here we are still talking about him. his his business only ran for th- three years. And <laughs> we're still talking about him today. So obviously his <laughs> tactics work. So right. I appreciated him as a leader. But I also was like, well, did he even exist? Mm-hmm. So I went on this like journey of just trying to figure out, did he exist? And I watched million YouTube videos. I watched, uh, uh, you know, I read a bunch of stuff. I, um, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist by Frank Turek. I, I, I read a bunch of stuff. And the more that I read, I was like, this seems pretty legit. Mm-hmm. Right. Then I, um, I looked into like what happened with the, with the apostles and the disciples, like what, what happened to them and seeing how, especially Paul, was willing to give up his quote unquote life of luxury mm-hmm. in, in ancient terms. Uh, <laughs> it, he was living much better than other people were living. Yeah. Somebody who was persecuting Christians was, you know, uh, there for the death of Stephen. And, you know, he was just, he was on it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like on it to see him change and write most of the new Testament. It was like, Oh, let me look into this guy. So I just started looking into how did the, how did the other disciples die? The apostles, like how did they die? And uh, from what we can gather, mm-hmm. there's different opinions and stuff like that. From but from what we can gather, and from what my understanding of what most scholars believe is that they were all martyred except yep. for John. Right. And to me, I was like, so they were willing to perpetuate this lie until death without any social benefit, any financial benefit, any political benefit, like going into hiding, losing their families. Like they really were willing to do this. I think Jesus might have rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. And the reason that they were willing to is because they believed that they saw him after he died. So I know this, if I was saying, yeah, I saw Tupac in Puerto Rico <laughs> and somebody was like, did you really see Tupac? I'd be like, nah, bro. <laughs> I did not see him, you know? (laughs) So it just, I just came to the conclusion that Jesus must be who he says he is. But I still was like, let me look into all the other religions. What do they, what are the, you know, you hear people say, oh, all religions have truth and, you know, they're all leading to the same place and blah, blah, blah. I heard that my whole entire life. So I was like, let me find out. Let me find out. So, now, while this is going on, right, I'm, I'm still doing business and I'm getting introduced to things like the secret, the law of attraction, the, um, you know, stuff like that, right? And I'm buying into it because there's people that are making a lot of money who are saying, believe it. So I'm like, okay, cool. I had nothing to really, you know, discern it. You know, I, right. I didn't know anything about it. All I knew was like, think positive thoughts, positive things happen, <laughs> quantum physics. Like, that's all that I knew. Yep. You say quantum physics to me. Five years ago, I'd be like, okay, is that cereal? Like, I had no idea <laughs> what it meant, right? Right. So I, uh, I go on this journey of trying to see what other religions believe, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, I looked at, I dug into atheism. And for me, I just couldn't believe that non-life would create life, that nothing could create something. Just to, like philosophically, it didn't make sense mm-hmm. in my mind. I, I understand the arguments for uh, evolution, but even if that's true, I believe that 
um, like I don't know. I, I I do not think evolution is true. Mm-hmm. If if it is, like I think it's more like more obvious that somebody was. How could you have natural selection without a natural selector? Like, right. Do, right. <laughs> so that just that just made sense to me, and I'm always open to arguments on both sides. Sure. Uh, for for it, then um, so I was like, all right, cool. Atheism can't be right, but what about? All this other stuff. So I started looking into what what does Hinduism believe, and what does uh, you know Buddhism, and what is that? And then looking into that, it, it shows that they believe that the universe is infinite, and it, they believe in karma, and that every single life is paying off debt from the last life. So I, I'm thinking, you know, I'm listening to to debates on this and stuff like that, and somebody said they're like, so if the universe is infinite. And every single life that you have is paying off debt from the last life. When was your first life? And what karmic debt were you paying off in that first life? And I was like, oh, that was it for me. You know, <laughs> I'm like, that can't be true. You know, it just it just can't. Not to say that some of the teachings like uh, about peace and stuff like that, that isn't good stuff. I believe that there's good in, in every. Uh, worldly, there's something that you can take from it to to apply to life that can be, you know, used in a positive way, right? So then I started looking into um, the monotheistic religions, and I started saying, "All right, cool. What what do these guys believe? Because you got everything in there, you know." And so it, it came to uh, what did they believe about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Because that was like kind of my pillar. Because since I did so much research into the the existence of Jesus and into what his um, what is what everyone believed about him, I even looked into like the Josephus, the Tacitus, like what what were they saying about him? The extra biblical accounts they were all saying the same thing. Yeah, that that people believed that he was the Messiah and that he rose from the dead and all of that stuff. So I'm like, cool. That's what people are believing. Let me see what these other religions believe about Jesus. So. I looked into Jehovah's Witness, and they believe that he's a created being. I didn't, I didn't see how that lined up with what I knew. And then I dug more into it, and I really understood how it was wrong. I looked into Mormonism, and that went like that was crazy. <laughs> but um, it, you know, and I, I don't say these things to downplay because I've friends who are Mormons, sure. I have friends who are, you know, all this stuff. It, it, it's just truth is truth, and I, I want to try to get the truth out there in love. Right, but. There are some things that are crazy. Oh, yeah. You know? So then I looked into what Islam believes, and they say that uh, that Jesus wasn't um, really crucified. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was kind of like a red flag. And I know a lot of Muslims, I have many Muslim friends, and they always tell me, yeah, we believe in Jesus too. We believe in him too. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. And then what I found out that they believed is that he was just a prophet. And um, that he was not crucified, that somebody else was crucified in his place. And I'm like, that just doesn't, from the research that I've previously done, that doesn't, that doesn't fit the overwhelming scholarly evidence. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I guess, I guess I can't, I, got, I can cancel that one out for myself. And then I looked at Judaism and Christianity. And I looked at, well, Jesus was a Jew. Mm-hmm. So let's see what. They believed about him. And there's many different things that, uh, that Jews believe about him, that, that he was a uh, zealot, that he was a political figure. They got a whole bunch of other things. 
And then I started looking into what did they say about, about the body? Mm-hmm. What did they say about the empty tomb? And when I looked at all of their excuses for the empty tomb, and not only that, how the Romans were trying to like, like they could have easily just been like, go dig up the body, find <laughs> where it is, dig up the body, right? Because it's got to be buried, go dig up the body. They right. could have 100% do that, but they they tried to make up different reasons mm-hmm. for why he wasn't there. The the um, the Pharisees at the time did the same thing. Like they tried to make up reasons why there was no body instead of just saying, yeah, just go dig them up. If we shake enough trees, we'll find the body. <laughs> they just literally were coming up with excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse of why there is no body instead of just shaking the tree and finding the body. Right. They all agreed there was no body. Nobody said uh, yes. the body's over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So everyone agreed there's no body. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, dang. <laughs> I think Jesus rose from the dead. And then I was uh, then I was a believer. But I was a believer, but carnal. Mm-hmm. I was also um, still dabbling in the occult mm-hmm. with, uh, with not only the law of attraction and stuff, but with... Um, you know, I still had my Centuria stuff. Mm-hmm. So there was one moment we, we had a big training in New York City and David Peach, who's now one of my spiritual mentors, um, he actually put me on to Andy Woods. I saw he did an interview with uh, oh, yeah. Andy Woods. Yeah. So he put me on to him and I'm like, wow, that dude's legit. Yeah. Right. And so he didn't have a conversation with me. It was generally to the whole entire table. He was talking about the end times and he was talking about um, just Jesus and, and God and and heaven, what it really looks like, and all of this stuff. And I, it was just that moment I had there was, I'm going home and tearing down this altar. Like, I just, it was a moment of clarity for me. So I, I went home, it's like two in the morning, right? I'm taking down the altar. I'm like, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I have no idea what I was doing. You know, just like, I, I'm just talking my, my smack to to my altar like it's an actual person right right and you know i I, uh i looked up like how to get rid of stuff Mm -hmm. so it said you know break it don't allow anyone to to touch it throw it into the woods like just Mm -hmm. get rid of it so that's what i did i got rid of it so after that what's funny is um it i I caught in my mind and i was like they told me that if i do this though they're gonna take everything from me and I look at my phone and I can check my business from my phone. Mm-hmm. I looked and I had 30 customers cancel their membership. Wow. And I was like, nah, that's crazy. The, the next day, I had another big amount cancel their membership. I'm like, no way. And at the time, that was really devastating for me mm-hmm. financially for that to happen. Now, 20 people cancel. I'm like, go away. You know, <laughs> but, but uh, at the time, it was like, oh no, like, what am I going to do? And then the next day, same exact thing. And that went through like a real, uh, a real struggle in business and life and uh, my relationship at the time. I mean, I was living in sin, you know, uh, having sex outside of marriage with my partner. And, you know, we were drinking and we, we were, it's like I was a believer now, but I was continuing in my walk. And I read a book called Maturing in Christ that, uh, that um, David Peach told me to get. And it said carnal Christians in it. I'm like, dang, that's yeah. me, right? So, but I'm still practicing the law of attraction. I'm meditating. I'm, uh, I'm doing all the stuff, 
all the business stuff that they are that they're telling you to do. Like make, make sure you meditate, make sure you visualize. It. I think visualization is important simply because it's it's something that people in sports do. Mm-hmm. You know, like visualize hitting the ball. Right. It it works. But the metaphysical stuff that they were putting behind it, I don't agree with. Yeah. You know? So I still sit here and think about, you know, uh, things that I want to do, things that I still do that, but I'm not like, give it to me, universe. You know, I just <laughs> right. don't do that yeah. anymore. But it is it is good mental exercise, I would say. I'm not meditating. Right. right? But um, it's good mental exercise to, to see the ball before you hit it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's just um, having goals and being motivated and stuff. Exactly. But the way they were teaching it was, if I do this, my frequency is going to be in a line with their frequency and energy. You know, the way that they talk about energy is crazy. Like, yeah. You know, energy never, never, uh, it's not created or, or dies. It, it just changes location. And I was like, ooh, that's profound. But I was also an electrician and I knew that like energy did not attract like energy. It created explosions, yeah. you know? So, but I was still in it. You know, I listened to The Secret every day. I was, I was like, chapter five the money like Mm -hmm. listening to that every single day and i uh as i was doing it right i had somebody tell me about the whole um recreation of horus and stuff like that with jesus and i had already researched it and i remembered a video from uh stephen van carson that that helped give me some clarity on it so i was like let me go find that video again so I found the video and then I went down to Stephen Van Carr's rabbit hole and I was like, oh my gosh, this is wrong. Like I just, I, I lost my mind on how wrong all the stuff that I was doing was. So I just decided to, to stop using the law of attraction. And when I stopped using it, nothing changed. Like nothing changed. I'm still, I was still motivated. I was still getting stuff done. I was still making sales i was doing it all mm-hmm. it's just i wasn't meditating into the universe <laughs> and then uh i had a lot of friends that were caught up in it the the new age movement so i'm like i have to learn this stuff like i have to learn what do they believe what they don't believe what what's their foundation realizing that they don't really have any foundation of beliefs it's like you know and then i watched the video of uh steven where he said the new age is satanic and mm-hmm. he did it in a very loving way. You know, it, it wasn't in attack mode or anything like that. And after I watched it, I was like, I really got to learn about this. Really. Because I was also thinking about doing ayahuasca for the experience. And, right. You know, all of this stuff. I was really like thinking about doing this stuff. I took mushrooms before when I was younger, but <laughs> I thought the clouds were talking to me just because I was tripping. Right. But now I'm like. Maybe they were, you know, <laughs> but it, it's, you know, it, so I went down the, the rabbit hole of that and I got introduced to the Skywatch TV. I watched all the interviews that you guys did. Um, the quantum physics stuff really helped me in, in discerning the pseudoscience from the actual science. I also watched a lot of uh, secular stuff on the law of attraction because it's just, you know, they don't have anything um, Jesus attached to it. Mm-hmm. So I like to get that information for people who are not believers in Jesus. Right. Because they're not going to listen when I say, because Jesus said so. Like, they're not <laughs> going to listen to me when I say that. So you got to, and for anyone listening, you have to make sure that you know different avenues of how to talk to people. You got to speak to them in their language. That's right. Speak to them in your language. I, 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 um, 
I think one of the things that keeps people away from Jesus is Christians. And the enemy uses that like crazy simply because we let our love for Jesus make us weird. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then we start, like, whenever I do a prayer call with people, I'm like, listen, I'm going to need you to stay away from a few things because I'm having a bunch of non-believers on. Mm-hmm. So when people get on there and they start claiming the blood of Jesus, they start speaking in tongues and they start, I'm like, no, don't do this yet. Not right now. Not right now. You know, but so anyway, back to back to the story. So that just put me on the rabbit hole again of, of learning more. And it was like after I learned it, I, I was like, I can't just keep this to myself. I, I have to tell people that what we're doing is wrong, mm-hmm. especially my Christians, the people who are not Christians, it's a different conversation mm-hmm. because my, my conversation, I want to get them the gospel before I hit them with, you know, you shouldn't be meditating. You should, you know, I want right. to, I want to hit them with the gospel, you know, uh, first I need the opportunity to talk to you about Jesus, who he is, why he died. You know, I need, I need you to hear that. And, uh, but for my Christian friends, I'm like, fam. We can't be doing this anymore. Like, I just started wilding. And uh, I actually have to thank you guys for many reasons, you and Stephen, because without learning everything that I learned from you guys and from, you know, the, the book, my fiance was deep in the new age. And when we first started, I have no idea how I fell in love with her. Like, it, we were friends for two years, three years. And then one day, I feel like God just lifted the veil and was like, you're going to marry that one. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm not. Like, <laughs> you know? Because I, I knew she was deep in the new age. Um, and it just, I'm like, how am I supposed to do this? I literally went home from Guatemala and was praying to God, like, God, please take these feelings away. Like, if she's not the one for me, let me know. And then I would get this voice of like, just be patient. She's going to be very powerful. Just be patient. She's a powerful woman. Mm-hmm. She has women movements. She has uh, you know, speaking events. They've flown her to different locations to do speaking events. Like she's a, a pretty influential woman. And so the thought of that, like, well, she's got a lot of influence. She could probably influence a lot of women to Christ. Mm-hmm. Not only women, but influence anybody to Christ. So I kept getting this be patient. And then I would pray to be like, no, just take it away, take it away. I would get a message from her on my phone. And I'm like, so I just paying attention. So every time that we spoke, she would ask me questions about the Bible. And, you know, she didn't even understand Adam and Eve. You know? And a lot of people don't. She didn't mm-hmm. understand why Jesus had to die for our sins. She didn't understand that it's a relationship. It's not a, it's not a uh, list of rules that you have to abide by. Yes, they're, they're important to abide by them, but that's not where your salvation lies. You mm-hmm. know, your salvation lies in putting your trust in, in Christ. And his finished work on the cross. And, and, and it's, it was these conversations and then also um, debunking the whole reincarnation because she believed in that debunking. And the only reason that I'm telling you all of this is because she would tell you as well. Like if she wanted me to be like, don't tell people that I would not <laughs> openly do it. But sure. she is very open about, she's more than me, you know, like she's ready to go. Um, but you know, then she was asked, she would ask me about like, well, why can't I do yoga? I'm just stretching this, this, and that. And I'm like, well, this is why. And mm-hmm. she just started asking me all these new age questions. And, you know, I just hit her with, 
the scientific stuff mostly when it came to law of attraction. And, um, you know, she was big on Joe Dispenza and he was a chiropractor. And, uh, <laughs> like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. But so I have to thank you because without being able to answer those questions that a lot of them I got from you and Steven, I probably wouldn't be looking for wedding locations in Guatemala right now. So truly appreciate it. And it's, it's incredible. Um, I've, I always thought I would never find a woman who wants to wait till marriage. And now that she's a believer, she's like, we're waiting till marriage. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Like it's just praise God. Yeah. It just, it has changed my life in her introduction into my life in the close space that we are has changed my life in so many dramatic ways. And you guys are part of it. Also the pastor of my church. And I brought her to church a bunch of times and she would go to Hillsong as well. But I, I found another church in Connecticut that I was going to. And the pastor there is the definition of sharing the truth in love. And she felt at home there. Now he's going to be the one marrying us. So thank you for all the work that you do. It doesn't go. Uh, you know, I know that sometimes when you work so hard, you can feel that your work is not being appreciated. You can feel that your work is tiring. You can see that we always have stumbling blocks, like whether they're financial or family or this, that is always something in our way. But just, I want you to know that you and Steve and everyone that you're associated with, your your ministry is not going, uh, it's not in vain. And it is helping people like me, helping people like my fiance, and in turn, helping others as well. Oh, praise so, God. I, I I appreciate that. All glory goes to God. And you know, what's, what's really interesting, there's so much about your testimony that I can personally relate to in, in so many ways. Um, I mean, even, even with the music for me, it was more like new metal, uh, that kind of stuff, hard rock, but, uh, in, instead of rap, I, I had a brief rap phase, but I wasn't very good at it, but <laughs> I would love to hear if you have anything recorded. I would no. love it. <laughs> That that stuff, it's actually funny because um, I was uh, cleaning out some uh, dresser drawers that we, you know, when you move from place to place for a while, when I lived back in Michigan, it was like every year I would live in a new apartment because, you know, I couldn't afford the other one or, you know, whatever. I, I moved around a lot. And so I have, I, I still have these boxes that I haven't unpacked in years. I was going through one of these drawers and I uh, found some old CDs of music that I so-called music that I, I wrote at that time. And uh, it, it was it, like Christina's even in it. This is before we were really heavily, you know, into the stuff we're into now. This this was while I was still into new age. And like, I was just a totally different person than I am now. Um, but I found that and I was like, oh my gosh, like that that's just nostalgia, but no one's ever going to hear this. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I took all my, all my albums off iTunes. Yeah. They're still on datpits.com. But because yeah. I can't get them off. Yeah. But I took them all off iTunes because I'm like, no, nah, you can't, you can't hear that. Yep. You can't hear it. You know, it's amazing too because uh, you, you know, like you were talking about your fiance that she was really uh, into New Age until until recently. Like when Christina was more of a Christian than I was, and she, like it sounds like you did, she just kind of patiently prayed for me and stuck with me through that, and uh, until I came out of it. And now, now you know the it's it's how it should be. But it's amazing to think back at uh, just the patience that she had, and I know that's 
that's the patience of God. Um, something else you said too about uh, uh, tearing down your altars. I, I had that experience as well. Since it was New Age, it wasn't a literal altar, but basically the trailer we lived in was like my altar. I, I had New Age books all over the place. And it was funny because I, I looked up the same kind of stuff you did, how to get rid of this stuff. And um, I had forgotten in what this was like my my, my Dagon mo- uh, moment from, from God. I, I forgot in one of the back rooms that there was a I, I had bought this bust of Zeus just for decoration. But, you know, I was in a new age, so I thought it was trendy and cool. And I, I had it up there. I forgot all about it. It was secure on the top of a bookshelf. Um, and forgot all about it, got, uh, got rid of everything. And like, it was later that day. I was, uh, it was really soon after I got rid of everything. I thought I was sitting in the living room, just kind of praying. And I heard this crash. I was like, what is that? I went into the back room forgetting it was there. And this bust of Zeus shattered on the floor. And it was, it was amazing because there was no way that it fell on its own. Like, I, I, I believe that was a God thing. And then, then later on, I read the story of Dagon and I was like, that's what that was. Uh, but that, that's really cool. Um, but yeah, there's so much in there that, that I can relate to. And I think a lot of other people can relate to also. Uh, usually, usually about halfway through these episodes, I go to members only. I think this one, I'm going to keep this one free for everybody because I, I think that there's a lot of people that can, benefit from this and I don't want to hide that behind a paywall. Um so uh given that th- all, this is all going for free. So I'll just tell people right now if you do want to go to dailyrenegade.com and get a membership that would be awesome. It really helps us ministry. We will put as much free out there as we can, but you know, YouTube deletes stuff so we can't. So dailyrenegade.com. So given all that, um do, do you have anything that you want to leave the audience with or or anything that 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 maybe they might want to watch out for in their own businesses having to do with new age influences and stuff like that? And then uh a- after that final thought, if you could give your uh like websites, uh Instagram, social media, all of that stuff where people can follow you. Definitely. So I would say in business since business is money driven, right? It's it's money driven. So Everybody who's in business, their focus is on money, mm-hmm. right? And not everybody, but like that's the theme. You're in. You're not in business to uh, to be a nonprofit. You're in business to make profit, right? And there's right. nothing wrong with making profit in your business, especially if you are providing a service to people that's beneficial to them, right? So I don't do anything that I don't believe is beneficial. To, to people. If somebody uses products that I have, I know that it, it's going to help them. If uh, you know somebody does business with me, I know I'm going to treat them with respect, right? And it, it's, it's like so interwoven into the fiber of business. And I would say more modern business now than it ever has been in the new age. And it's simply because people know why people join business. And it's to make money. So they look for all the different life hacks of how to make money and also how to feed people what they want to hear to keep them going. Mm-hmm. Right. So it sounds really good, really good to say whatever you put out to the universe is going to come back to you. It's, it's just a, it's a word salad that sounds good and harmless. Right. Um, most people who are saying these things, they don't even understand what they're saying. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that you're not supposed to worship the creation. And I mean, you're supposed to worship the creator and not the creation. 
But then you have people who don't believe that it's that's creation. They they mix God and the universe, right? And they'll still have they'll still believe in Christ. They'll do this, but they don't have enough biblical knowledge and enough scientific knowledge to understand that God and the universe cannot be the same thing because you know without getting too into it, the universe is going to die. Right. And it also had a beginning. Right. So, and this isn't from the Bible. It is, but it's, it's, that's science. Yeah. Second law of thermodynamics, you know, you have the big bang in the beginning and you have all the other things, the, um, the, um, you know, the, what is it? The general relativity, yeah. like time, space, and matter. They can't exist without each other. Like it, it's just, there's a lot of evidence there, but the, the thing is you're in business to make money. So what happens is like people become spiritual business gurus and people are so hungry for a, a spiritual hack into financial success because they don't want to do the actual work mm-hmm. that it takes. And I think that I don't think it was done on purpose to, to have the new age, like really infiltrate the business world. I really don't think it was done on purpose. I think it was done gradually same way how it's infiltrating the church. You yeah. know, it's, it's just done gradually, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. So a lot of it stems from the positive thinking movement, right? And I am all about positive thinking. I mm-hmm. think that positive thinking is much better than negative thinking. <laughs> uh, and I said this in my Law of Attraction video. You know, I, I feel that if you have something like cancer or something like that, I think thinking good about your situation is definitely better for you than thinking negative yeah. about the situation. But I don't believe that just thinking pot like go get the chemotherapy go get what you can't just sit there and right. so um i think that it's infiltrated so much simply because people want a spiritual hack instead of doing the work so oh law of attraction oh no way yeah let, let me jump right in on that and let me just say this i do believe that focusing on your goals is important yeah i do believe that uh Picturing the body that you want to have as you're working towards it is important. You gotta know I where you're really going. Think, yeah. yeah, I do really think all that stuff is important. But when they they sprinkle on the, the salt bay, they sprinkle on <laughs> the metaphysical, universal, and really uh, occultic, occultic stuff to it. Now that opens the gateway to demonic oppression, mm-hmm. and people think demonic oppression is. Like, um, they associate it with demonic possession, which is two different things, yes. right? But demonic oppression is now they have access to things in your life mm-hmm. and they can begin to oppress you, but they will also, they will also disguise it as good things. So I always tell people, do not associate somebody's spirituality with them being financially blessed. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of people who are spiritually wealthy who are financially struggling. And I do believe that God sometimes does that because look at the case of Rabbi Zacharias. Right. That guy was an, he helped me so much in my beliefs. And now all of it, I can't even recommend any of his books anymore. And it's simply because money, power, time away from your family and, and, uh, temptation and your willpower like gets drained. The enemy uses all of that little by little by little by little by little. So I do believe that he keeps some people a little financially strapped 
for his purpose, right? I do believe that he blesses other people with finances because they know they're going to be very giving. They're going to help others, right? But going back to, uh, to the business world, it's just convenient to say these things of like, believe in the universe and, you know, tying it with personal development. And uh, I believe personal development is important as well, but tying it with the positive thinking movement. Now you're not only thinking positively because it can affect your life, but now you're, you're trickling into thinking positively because you somehow think that in doing so, the universe is going to reward you for it. Mm-hmm. And this is where it gets dangerous because now you're only thinking positively so you can get material things. And that's dangerous right there. That can warp your whole entire life because what, what the law of attraction says is that you got to focus on that all the time. The second you're off that frequency, it's moving away from you. Mm-hmm. So people get consumed in this. And you know, you'll, you'll meet these people if you want to tell them something in truth and in love. They hit you with the look, I don't need any negativity in my life. Don't don't mess up my vibes, you know, like all of that stuff. It's like, no, truth is good for you, Mm -hmm. right? But once you start focusing on solely your material possessions, you can't think of two things at the same time. Right. That means that the space that is supposed to be occupied with thinking about God and thinking about Christ is now focused on money. Mm-hmm. And if you chase that money and the, the problem with the law of attraction and, and the business spirituality is that it's unfalsifiable. You, you can't like if somebody doesn't acquire something, but they're doing all of the things that the law of attraction says for them to do. Somebody could just say, well, you must not have done this or you must not have done that. It's unfalsifiable. Right. So when somebody is using the law of attraction and they're not getting it where they want to be in business, now it starts causing depression. Because you're, you're now comparing yourself with other people who are using the business spirituality. And it's not just the law of attraction. It's literally anything just talking about the universe, and meditation, and, and uh, you know, they say do yoga because it'll help get control over your... And I did yoga a couple of times. I just didn't want to do it because that is some tough stuff. <laughs> yeah. right? But, you know, now I don't do it for spiritual reasons, but or, or meditating. And it's the clearing your mind. So you want me to clear my mind when I'm meditating, but you want me to focus on my goals. Which one do you want me to do? Like, I'm confused <laughs> here, right? So I call it spiritual heroin. Mm-hmm. Right? It's new, new age, uh, business spirituality. All of it combined is spiritual heroin because you're always chasing a fear. Mm-hmm. And once you have, you have a spiritual experience, right, then – that wears off. It wears off every time. You go to church, feel inspired, and come out, and two days later, you're mad at the world. Like, it's, it's, it's how we are, right? <laughs> so I think Zig Ziglar said, he's, uh, he's like, you know, motivation is like showering. You can't just do it one time, you know? You have to do it all the time, right? But um, it, it's, so when people start chasing that feeling, and then they, they do the same practices that they did before, they don't get the same feeling, Right? So what do they do? They go try something more extreme. Mm-hmm. And you know how deep the new age goes. Oh, yeah. it'll, it'll tell you to do some wild stuff, have sexual experiences, take drugs. It'll tell you to do all these wild things in order to, to gain enlightenment, to, uh, to help raise your consciousness and stuff like that. And the danger about the, the, 
the business spirituality is that that's, that's right behind you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only a matter of time before you're just saying, yeah, you put out into the universe and it comes back and blah, blah, blah. It's only a matter of time before the other dark stuff that's behind all of those sayings catches up to you because you're not getting the results that you may want. You're not, um, you know, you're not feeling positive all the time. And now you're wondering, is it me? Is it like, what's wrong? You're, li- you're literally feeling negative about not thinking positive. Like it's, it's bugged out the mental torment that it gives people. And then also in meditation, you know, they're, they're telling you to ignore the bad things that come and go. They're just, you know, it's just your consciousness doing all this stuff. And it, it's, no, if something bad is going on in your life and, you know, your, your mind keeps telling you about it, that means that you should do something about it and not ignore it. Right. You got to do something to fix that. There's some actions that you got to take. You can't manifest the, the positive result out of that. You can't do it. And that's another one of the issues with the business spirituality as well. Mm-hmm. It, they want to sit there and manifest from the universe into this. That's why I have this shirt. I made this shirt. It says <laughs> law. It says attraction, but it's got this part canceled out because law of action. If you want to get something done, you got to go do it. Right. And I tell this to people also who are like, I'm just waiting on God. I tell them that. I'm like, look, God might be waiting on you. Like, just go do something. You <laughs> yeah. Know? So that that's like in a in a brief uh, in a brief segment. Uh, my thoughts on business spirituality. It's essentially just new age. Yeah. And it's just a, a we don't call it that. And the beauty about new age is that it, it can be anything, and you can call it whatever you want it to be. But it's still coming from the occult and Helena Blavatsky. Once I learned Helena Blavatsky came up with the term law of attraction, I was like, I am never <laughs> doing this ever again. Yeah. Like never. I didn't even need to hear the scientific reasons. I didn't need to hear none of that. Once I heard that the woman who created the magazine called Lucifer mm-hmm. named the law of attraction, I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. See you later. <laughs> you know, that was it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that was a big eye opener for me too uh, when I when I first discovered that stuff. And it, it's amazing how much you know we we as Christians, just we as people, how how much we've uh, invited into our lives without realizing what it really is. Can you tell us a little bit about a Godtrepreneur? I actually had to practice that in my head a couple of times, make sure I said it right. I, I, yes. Yeah, so- entrepreneur. I've always had a hard time with that word. Can you tell us a little bit about that and then where people can uh, find you online? Definitely. So I can tell you that you're not the only one who has to practice it. I don't, I'm a rapper. So like words are easy for me. You know, you only had a little rap career. So, <laughs> you know, uh, it might be a little more difficult for yeah. you, Josh, but <laughs> But no, you're not the only one that has problems with it. But so Gotcha came up like this. I um, was at a low point in my life. And I, I was just, business wasn't going well. I wasn't going well spiritually, like everything. I was just a mess, negative. And, you know, we all go through this. Sure. People, they, they see me online and they think I'm positive 24-7. Like, it's not how it is. You know, <laughs> it, I have my ups, I have my downs, I have my ups, I have my downs. And I was at a really low point. And I was just driving one day and the word Godtrepreneur popped in my head. And I was like, that's pretty cool. You know? And then I just started rhyming it. Like I just literally just went rhyming it, thought nothing about it. A couple of days go by, maybe a week, drive again. Name pops in my head again. So I'm like, I wonder, I wonder. 
And I just started looking into it. Right? Let me check Instagram. Does Instagram happen? Somebody had a page called Gotcha Floor. So I was like, look, guess it's already taken, right? <laughs> and uh, but then I just thought nothing of it. And then it popped in my head again. And I was like, all right, well, what could I do with that? What could I do with that? Hmm. Whatever. Kept it moving. And then it was like, I'm driving one day. It, it like it like yelled at me. Might have like been like this in the car. <laughs> and now I'm understanding. Is the Holy Spirit like telling me do this, use this, right? So I'm like, I literally, I'm, I'm like, all right, what do you, uh, what do you want me to do with it? I'll do it. I'll look it up. I'll see if somebody's got it. If nobody got it, I'll go buy it. I'll, like I'm just like, I'm. This is me talking to God. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, like a like a bratty little kid. So <laughs> I. I bought the um, the LLC for it, and I was like, "All right, God, what am I supposed to do with this? What am I supposed to do with this?" And he he said to me, "How many times have you put business before me?" And I was like, uh, "Every day." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Not anymore." So I felt that it was a company to remind entrepreneurs to keep God first. Mm-hmm. That's how it started. Right? I have an app you can download, the Gotcha Entrepreneur app. It sends every now and then, it sends you a little motivational thing or scripture or, or this, that, but everything. And I did so much research in the app to make sure that I wasn't crossing any spiritual lines mm-hmm. because I don't want it to be use God to make money. Right. That is not what this is. Uh, much of the money that I get goes to compassion.com. Also, going to be um, filtering more of it into the schools in Guatemala. And it, it just, so that's how it started. Like, let me help people keep God first in their life. So it was funny. I'm talking to my friend, uh, Nikki, and he's like, man, that's really cool. I like that idea. I'm like, yeah, it'd be so great if we could make an app. Like, if I could just come up with an app. And I think Mark Zuckerberg was listening into my conversation because then I saw an ad for creating apps. So I went into it and I was like, all right, God, Jesus, take the wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, what am I supposed to do here? And I just went crazy, finding videos, doing this, doing like adding it all to the app. I made the website. Um, then we just started off with, uh, we had dad hats, right? You know what dad hats are? <laughs> so it's like a, it's just a hat. It had one cross on it. It's the little, uh, I got one right over there. But it's just, just a little hat that had a cross on it. We sold out like that. I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> this is crazy, right? So... Then the more that I got, like, I would say woke to the uh, the business spirituality and the new age and how that was infiltrating and stuff like that, I really have changed the message. Not really changed the message, but it is still for to help entrepreneurs keep God first because I think entrepreneurs need God because if not, they're going to get caught up in all the other stuff, right? So right. keep God first. Business, it's not even second. You know, so let's just keep God first. But then also, let me educate people. Let me use this platform, use this brand. If somebody looks it up, they find me and they they get educated on just different things. Uh, not only just business spirituality, but I have a video on you know, the, the Did Jesus Rise from the Dead? I have like little videos here and there. And I'm currently working on making more. So my fiance is like, this is your calling. You better do it. <laughs> right. So. Uh, you know, definitely going to be putting out a lot more. I'm doing a series called Why I Don't. And the first episode is Why I Don't Believe in the Law of Attraction. And I'm going to do things like Why I Don't Meditate, 
why, uh, why I don't believe in naturalism. And so now I'm just using the brand as a way for people to wear it. It's not even like a, it's not a clothing brand. We just have clothes. It's an educational platform. I just want people to come in and learn. Like I even have a, a place on the app that says, know your enemy. It's got videos about who Satan really is and mm-hmm. how he works and how he's disguised. These are things that I never knew. So I just want to try to educate people as much as I can. I have a whole apologetics section called Why Jesus on there. And it's got like, um, can God and science coexist? Uh, you know, did Jesus really exist? I got Stephen's video on there. You know, I, I have all of these different things. And it's really now just an educational platform. And it's, it's also just a way to get God's name, like people seeing the, the word God. Like, I want people to see that, and I want them to see the cross over and over and over again. And also, I look at myself as a regular dude, a regular Christian dude. And one of the ways that people have opened up to Christ is being around me and being around my friends who are believers and seeing that we're just regular people. Right. We're not like, like you're going to hell and this, that, and blah. <laughs> like, we're, we're not like that. We are just, we love God. And we believe that the Bible is true. And we believe that living by the principles in the Bible can, can help not only ourselves, but it can help a lot of people. You know, I saw this the other day. He said, you can go to the Barnes & Noble and find the self-help section, but you can't find the help others section. Right. And I truly believe, I, I read this book called Jesus Skeptic by uh, John Dickerson. Incredible book about the impact of Christianity on life today. This world that we live in would not be anything like the way that it does as far as the positivity, the hospitals, um, ending the, the slave trade. Um, all, like all of this stuff came from people who believed in the principles of Jesus Christ. And even universities, universities that are now secular, mm-hmm. the, the, the scientific revolution, all of these people were believers in Christ. So I just... Getting that type of information to the world is, is one of my biggest passions. And that's what the God Entrepreneur brand stands for now. It's like, let's just get the, you are an entrepreneur for God. You know, what do entrepreneurs do? They provide services to other people. And the only thing is we're not getting financially rewarded here, but we will get our spiritual rewards when we move on to the next life. Amen. Uh, well, and if there's anything that we at Daily Renegade can do to help you out, to help you spread that message, let us know. We're, we're happy to help you in that. And uh, you know, I highly suggest everybody who's watching go uh, go check go check out Godtrepreneur. There we go. A little easier than oh, I forgot my my Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Just J Clash. You can literally find everything that I'm doing from my Instagram. J C L A S H. You find Godtrepreneur. I have a Travelpreneur brand. You can find it all. So. Great. Uh, definitely. Well, fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I highly suggest everybody go check that out. And uh, thank you so much for being on the show and for taking the time to do this. I know you're incredibly busy, and I really appreciate you uh, setting aside time for this. Uh, it's It's been a blast, and we're definitely going to have to have you back on again sometime. Definitely. I look forward to it. And uh, I know you don't really do Instagram that much, but I'd love to just briefly interview you on Instagram oh, one sure. day. Yeah, so, anytime. Uh, you know, just get you on a brief interview. Sometimes I go live on yeah. Instagram. We'd love to have you just hop on there because anytime. I, I want to introduce people to you and your mission because I can say all this stuff as much as I want, but you know profit is not welcome in their own home. So maybe if they get a hold of your stuff and it trickles to 
you know, Skywatch trickles to Steven and it just, it just, they can go down the rabbit hole for themselves, you know, of the rabbit hole of truth for themselves. So I would definitely love to have you on there. Well, absolutely. I'll, I'll definitely take you up on that. Uh, It'd be a pleasure. And uh, yeah, it's, it's actually good having someone like you around because I don't, I, I I need to learn Instagram. I just don't know it. That's the only reason. I'm going to hook you up with my fiance. Great. She will. Yeah. She's the one. She's the one for, for all of that stuff. Good deal. We got you. All right. Awesome. Sounds like a plan. Well, thank you again so much for uh, being on the show. Hang on the line. I'll uh, close this out here. And for everybody viewing on Sharpening Report, thank you so much for uh, sticking with us through this episode. This episode is totally free, but not all of our episodes are like that. We used to do it that way. Then YouTube started deleting our videos and we had to do something else. Uh, Actually, you know, it it turned out to be a blessing. God can use uh, things like that for good. And the the ministry has has actually grown quite a bit more surprisingly. than I thought it would. So uh, dailyrenegade.com is the place to go. We have a ton of content there for you that's only available there because it's censored just about everywhere else. Uh, So head on over. We have a free seven-day trial. You can try it before you join up. And if you already know that you'd love us and want to support what we're doing, then uh, you can just get a membership. So all that being said, dailyrenegade.com. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. And until next time, love you all. Take care and God bless.